Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting here with Joy Metalios, and I'm super pumped that you carved out a little bit of time to Aww. hang out with me. Joy, well, I'm super pumped that you asked me, Byron. Absolutely. Thank you. Joy is a absolute killer in the Greenwich Fairfield County market overall in Connecticut, right? Just Fairfield County? Fairfield County, yes. Yeah. How big's yeah. the team? Give us a little, give yeah, everybody a little sure. background on your team, kind of how you're set up, the different. I know you're in different spots besides Greenwich. Give us a little background. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the team lead, and I have um, 12 people on my team. We have a full-time transaction coordinator, full-time marketing manager, and full-time assistant. And then everybody else is a licensed uh, licensed agent, and they all list and sell. So I yeah. really like. Actually, I want to get into a little bit of that. Yeah, sure. That's how that's how we roll too, where our team agents list and sell, which is different than a lot of teams, right? I mean, yes. Yeah. And, and for a little context for people, Joy and I are both in what's called Team Plus for Tom Ferry. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's probably a lot of Tom Ferry peeps watching this, but if you're not in Tom Ferry coaching, it's basically the high, highest level where if you've got a team, you're going to be in that level of coaching. And a lot of the teams in these masterminds or in that group are not set up that way. They're set up where you know, you've got buyer agents, you've got, you know, seller agents. So tell me a little bit about that dynamic. Why did you decide to have a team set up where agents can list and and represent buyers? Yeah. So I guess our philosophy is that everyone should be able to do what everybody else does. And so even with my support roles, everybody is cross-trained. So there are about three different people that can do the transaction side and do it well with all of our, you know, lists on the Trello board of what you do when a listing comes in list, you know, list to close. Um, and same thing for the marketing manager. I'm trying to cross train him as well, because right now he's the only person that knows how to do all of that. So I think it's important to have that cross training because people go on vacation and everything else. As far as the buyer's agents being listing agents as well, I would say the majority of them start out as buyer's agents, but it's, they're calling, they're calling expireds. They're trying to get these leads and they're converting them and they deserve to have part of that. I feel. I absolutely agree with you. And how, I mean, I've always gone back to this. How do you represent a buyer all the way, right, to your you know, most capabilities if you don't know the other side at all, right? Correct. Yes, you have to know exactly what, what the seller is thinking, especially when you're negotiating, because you have to be able to explain to the buyer, well, this is from the seller's point of view. No, and, that's right. Yeah. So before we get too far, I got a whole bunch of stuff I'd love to ask you. And I know we got yeah. limited time. I, I want to know a little bit more about the market that you're in, mm-hmm. Greenwich Market, Fairfield County. I think when people hear Greenwich, they probably have one perception. But tell us what's going on in 2019. What's the state of the Greenwich Market? So the state of the Greenwich Market is inventory is very high. Uh, higher than it's been in a while. We not only cover Greenwich, but we cover, like you said, up to Fairfield, uh, Connecticut, Westport, and then we also cover some Westchester County. Uh, What is happening that we feel is that there is, you know, our pool of buyers is typically from New York City or Westchester County, and we have a lot of people that are circling our properties because they want to escape those taxes, but they're not able to sell yet. Mm-hmm. So then our, we have a buildup of inventory and we have buyers that want to buy, but they're just not ready yet. They're not ready and they're coming from those two markets, Manhattan and Westchester. Correct. Okay. And they need to sell. Okay. So, you know, a lot of our friends that work in Manhattan, they're saying it's never been like this where a property under a million would sit on the market. Right. And now it is. 
So we're we're running into a little bit of that. That said, you know, we are we have we've 14 sold and and pending already end of March. And that's a lot considering that there are only 657 single family home sales last year in Greenwich. Wow. So we we do have a, a good chunk of the marketplace, but properties have to be priced correctly. Greenwich has always, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, the buyer pool has really always come from Manhattan and Westchester, or has that not always been the case throughout your career? Yeah, so we get a lot from uh, Westchester and Connecticut. We also get a lot of um, relocation people, so people coming from California, Atlanta, um, as well as sometimes they're coming down from where you are because they want to get closer to the city. Yep. So, yeah, they come from all over. And, And so Connecticut, for those people that may not know, Connecticut certainly hasn't been you know, in the spotlight, like in a good way, right? Yes. In a positive way overall. What do you see for the future of Connecticut? It's an old New England state. Mm-hmm. Greenwich is a place, as you mentioned, that people have historically raised their families in yes. while, you know, while commuting to the city. What is the future for Connecticut? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I feel like a lot of our friends that work in areas like Nashville or Atlanta. I mean, yeah. they are booming. And when they Atlanta, tell us about, absolutely. you know, days on market and, and they're, they're like, if something's on the market for more than two weeks, they're freaking out. Yeah, they call know? it hours on market yeah. in those in those markets. Absolutely. So we're nothing like that. And unfortunately, it's not like big businesses are coming to Connecticut right, right. now. So I do feel that um, at the same time, we are at least where I am. We're, you know, 45 minutes into Manhattan. So it's a great place to raise your family. It's a beautiful place to raise your family. Great schools, great community. So I feel like we will always have a buyer pool and we will always have a a rich community. Um, That said, the days of the 20,000 square foot McMansion homes that we have further in our North country, they're sitting and they're sitting for years. (laughs) And, And yeah, when we tell our friends that they're like, what? A house is on the market for years, and it's, yeah, years. And unfortunately, those are the houses that were built by the baby boomers. Right. Um, and they're massive, and they're decorated to the T's. And so someone walks into a 20,000-square-foot house, and they're like, oh, my God, I have to redo 10 bathrooms and all of this stuff, and nobody wants it. So Yeah, and in most markets... 20,000 square foot homes is not super common, Joy. Like, yeah. Right? Like, you understand that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How many homes do you have right now on the market that are over 10,000 square feet that uh, you guys have? Or, oh, or inventory Or are you wise? trying to stay away from those that are, like, that big because you know the buyers don't want them? Yeah. So, we we typically, unless they're going to price it correctly, we don't even want really? them. It's, like, yeah. that bad. Because you just know there's not any buyers looking for 10k up on their square foot. Correct. And these are homes that are also further from the train. So mm-hmm. we're finding that everybody wants to live closer to the train, closer to town, which makes sense. Yeah. And you don't see that change in even even through the next cycle. Like people are going to want downtown, close to the train, close to, you know, like the action for the foreseeable future. For the very foreseeable future, I think everyone wants to be closer to town. That said, in Boston, you know, how we were talking about driverless cars and flying cars and different types of transportation, high-speed trains. I think that those houses that are are further away and that are harder to get to will become desirable again because it will be easier to get to them. Um, That said, you know, I don't know if a town like Greenwich, Connecticut would ever change the zoning laws because I feel like in California there's 
I mean, all my millennial nephews are living with five different people in one house or six right. people. I could see that happening in a town like ours with these major big houses, but I don't know if the town would allow that type of zoning to happen, right. you know. And historically, how has Greenwich been on, on zoning and changing the the rules and regulations there? It's a conservative town, yeah. so it, it takes a little while. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard to change. So, I mean, we're talking, what's your average price point, too, by the so way? It's, it's about 1.8 to 2 million. 1.8. Yeah. So for most people, that's like super luxury. They're comparing it to their market. Right. right? Mm -hmm. If someone wants to crack in to the luxury market, and yeah. let's, let's take it from the approach that they're a new agent, mm -hmm. okay, and they want to crack into the luxury market, what would be one or two pointers that you would give that person to crack into the luxury market and avoid the lower price points. Yeah, that's interesting because I've always I've always felt that we we service everyone. So, because someone asked me this today, I, mm -hmm. I just came from a listing pitch that was five million dollar listing, and he said, "Well, yes. you know, what, how are you going to pitch my? How are you going to market my house differently than say a condo?" And, yeah. and my answer was really we do the exact same thing for every single listing because we want to make sure that they have five-star service. Now, as far as a new agent breaking into the luxury market, do you it's... Think that, hold on. Do you think that hurt you with him? Because he was $5 million. He's like, well, geez, I was hoping for something... No, because I showed him our systems. I showed okay. him our Trello board. I showed him everything that we do. And he's like, okay, that's a lot more than my last agent. I did. like that you, you showed him your Trello board, which a lot of people and a lot of people are familiar with Trello are thinking, well, that's a back end system. You go into your back end systems on the computer, like on the laptop or Absolutely. on the iPad and show mm -hmm. them exactly what you're doing on the back end. Yeah. I think that's super smart. I also um, show him exactly how a listing would look on Zillow. And I, I, I show them exactly what's going on um i'm i've been a premier agent for so long that mm -hmm. when my listings pop up on zillow i'm the only agent that pops up Ooh, your grandfather i am grandfather wow. yeah <laughs> whereas Look other agents have four you know yeah, four, yeah so that's something that's very visual and i can show them i can also yeah. show them exactly how much i spend well our friend jill biggs you yeah. Know jill, yeah she says the day zillow takes that away from her she's done she is done <laughs> done whether that is true or not, we'll, we'll find out. But that's a good thing to have. Yeah, yeah. I think showing them as much visual is 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 great. You know, they they because they don't really understand. I think that was interesting in my presentation today. I said, you know, I, unfortunately, when you spoke to your last agent, you didn't really do the due diligence to find out like how many expired listings they had last last year. They wow. don't know how to ask that question. And so let me before we get to the two pointers for the new agent that wants to break into luxury because I don't want to I do want to go back to that but mm -hmm. but I, I'm really interested in this. You're controlling the presentation from start to finish. Am a I correct? Like, absolutely. Like, yeah. What if you have somebody? So you were presenting and you were showing and you're showing the back end and you were going through even the last agent what they had for sales and all this kind of stuff. What if they just don't want to see the presentation? What do you do to kind of reset and get control? I'm yeah. So actually, I just started this um, this year, and we actually send out an iPad with a pre-listing on it. And so it's a wow. keynote presentation that has... You send the iPad to the house? Yeah. Okay. And then I, I pick it up at the listing presentation. Got it. So it will show my days on market versus the rest of the town. It shows what my you know list to sales price is. It's kind of like has a whole video about our team. It has a lot of information about what we do differently. So I kind of walk in the door and it's cut down my listing presentation times That's in half. Smart. 
Yeah. What, what were your times and what do they know? Oh, usually over an hour. Yeah. You know, and now they're yeah, 45 minutes to a half hour. Yeah. And they have to take the appointment because you have to get your iPad back. Exactly. Like, yes. I, I know. really like that. <laughs> I'm probably going to steal that. That's pretty smart. So. But breaking into the luxury market, like yeah, that's an example of like how you that's have to differentiate example. yourself, right, right? You know, because if someone is doing is asking three different agents to come in and present, you know, ha sending an iPad is a lot different than yep. just walking through the door. And if you have the opportunity to send the iPad, I think what most newer agents or even agents that are trying to transition into the luxury market are going to say right now is, well, that's great, like Joy, like what if I don't have any of the contacts or connections right everybody always falls back on well she does so many deals in the luxury price point because of her connections because she's at this club right. or he's you know friends with so-and-so so what about the agent that's saying well i don't have any connections what would you do then so one of the things I would always um, tell my agents to do is they should do as many open houses and higher price points as possible because if you do a kick-ass open house like a mega open house and someone walks through the door and sees that you're hosting it, they're just going to assume that you're the listing agent. Um, and then you, you can develop a relationship with them. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's I, you know, luxury is a little tough because some people don't even want to deal with it because it is longer days on market. And I tell my agents to just take anything that they can get. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Working every price point is smart mm -hmm. because you're not, diversified if you don't right? right so if the luxury market is not doing well you're you know going to be susceptible to that market right? And, right and if you're not able to dip down to the lower price point the medium price point that can hurt you right yeah absolutely so I, I like that I like all your agents are working different price points and yeah. and I like the tip there of going out and doing the open houses you've got to put yourself in the environment of the luxury buyer or seller, wherever they're hanging out, you've got to be there. You can't expect to do luxury deals if you're not around those types of owners, right? Exactly. And it's kind of like, you know, how Tom Ferry said to that new agent at the last meeting, he was like, you got to dress the part. Like you're a 22 year old punk. You got to like, you know, Debbie told one of my agents to get some glasses so that she looks older because she's wow. only 23. You know, it's, it, you, you have to look a little bit more mature and yeah. What's the craziest thing you've done to connect like with a seller or a buyer, whatever it may be? Have you know, you done anything crazy to like make sure you build that rapport because we know how important that is? We definitely always Google our clients and yep. find out. And if there's any type of school or anything that you can connect with them, we always do. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard because it's like you don't want to be like, I'm stalking you, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, you want to try to gather as much information so that you can subtly drop some hints. But yeah. yeah. What's been your, like, what's your niche? Is it expired? Is it going after, you know, new development? Like, what's your niche in the market that you get over and over and over again? So we get a lot of repeat business referral business. We're really big on our, um, we just did our pop by calendar. So kind of like Karen does. Yeah. Um, and we just ordered, gosh, I think like hundreds of those peeps. And we're doing a card that says send your peeps to our, you know, call, have your peeps call our peeps. Yes. And uh, we're never too busy for your referrals. And so we, we do things like that. We have a big client appreciation party. Uh, we always do the pie party. In fact, one of my agents, Jen, she just got a referral from someone else. And the first thing that the guy said the, when she started showing him houses was, I can't wait to get my pie. <laughs> 
<laughs> so our pies are very famous and they're, they're delicious. They've got their own brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that is a big part of our business. And then um, Zillow leads. We actually mm-hmm. do a lot of online leads with Ylopo and Zillow, and then we um, make sure that nothing ever falls through the cracks. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's interesting that you're a good portion. What what percentage? In roughly, you don't have to have your like one third, number. one third, and then a one third, third on Zillow. Yeah. Are you concerned at all about that? 33%, the Zillow 33% over the next five years? No, because we happen to be dominating right now, like Jill. And so we just got the best of Zillow thing. So mm-hmm. we have a, a very high rating. Um, and we work hard on role play and getting my agents to make sure that they don't let a, a lead go away. And always just coming from a place of helping. You know, I, I we everybody on my team has a, um, a binder. It's called the success binder. And they have to write every day what their affirmations are, what they're grateful for. And then they have to check off. Did they role play and, you know, all these things. And, and it just it helps to get them in the best mind frame before they hit the phones. How many agents again? Um, 10. 10 agents. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And role playing together and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. The Zillow scripts, everything. Yeah. Like you do too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we definitely do that 100%. <laughs> no, because my agents role played with your agents and they're good. good. Yeah. Good. I love that. <laughs> love it. All right. So you're not worried about Zillow. Now, see, I, I, would, I wouldn't be worried, mm-hmm. right? But I keep telling agents that are heavily invested in Zillow to focus some of that money into their brand, right? Yeah. So how important is building your brand? In your community, and I've got a you know pretty strong feeling that you have a really good brand there. But how yeah. much investment are you going to make into your brand over the next five years? So we invest a lot in our brand. You know, everybody in town knows about us or knows our name. Um, we do a lot of community service work as well. Okay. Um, we're also doing the American flags for Memorial Day. Nice. Um, and I have six interns working for me in May, which is great. Wow. And they're going to start um, a program called. Greenwich loves. Yes, yeah, so we need to figure out what she's doing to get six interns. <laughs> we could use six interns. Okay. Yeah, and they're all smart and, and excited. That's so amazing. yeah. So we're gonna do this um pro- this event called Greenwich Loves, and we're gonna have local charities come and pitch themselves, and we'll have wine and food, a cocktail party, and nothing about real estate, but it's all about just getting other people involved in the community. So, love yeah. it, love it. All yeah. right, Joyce, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you. As a team, I, I got one last question okay. for you, right? All right? Because this is, I think, something that can bring a lot of value to people. You're a team leader. You've got, you just, you said 10 agents. You have a huge staff, right? Mm-hmm. How many people on the staff again? Two. Two people yeah. on the staff. That's still a big staff. Yeah. When you got 10 agents. And when you have six interns coming in, yes. the problems are even <laughs> going to increase, right? You've got about 20 people that are asking you questions. Mm-hmm. So if someone's going to go out and build a team for themselves, what would be your advice? Where do they start from that point? I think they have to start with a, a great assistant, right? I mean, that's, First and foremost, I think, um, gosh, it's it's really all about culture and making sure that you have the right people in place. It took us a long time to get to this type of team. We used to have um, an A team and a B team, and I can say this because I know my B team is never going to watch this. So, <laughs> um, and it's it's weeding out that yes, B make team. Make sure the B team sees this. I want the whole <laughs> B team to see this podcast. 
Um, so now that we are only a team, we are oh, able to fly so much. Players. Yeah, we're, like we're able to fly so much. So last year was a weeding out year. We, we got rid of four agents. So, yep. yeah. And so I think it's important to have the right people in place. Is addition by subtraction a real thing? Is that a big thing for you? It's a huge thing. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. Protect the culture. Yeah. Joy, really appreciate Of course. You thank you so much. And, yeah. And your time and all your knowledge. If anybody wants to reach out to you, we're going to link it up in Great. YouTube or wherever. But if you're listening on the podcast and, and somebody wants to connect with you, where's the best place to do that? Uh, so we have a website, metaliosgrouprealestate.com. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, you might, Mark. You might have to drop the spelling on that. <laughs> we're going to have it linked up. M-E-T-A-L-I-O-S. Great. Go. And we'll okay. have it linked up, Joy. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And ask us any questions in the comments, anything you want to know. If it's uh, something about joy or something about the topics that we discussed here, put it in the comments and we'll get back to you.